Well, hi everyone. I'm Harper. I'm Jonathan. And this is Hawkeyes. Authentic knowledge and feelings. I feel it. I feel it. Hey, yeah, I know where you're going with this. You want a little clip that makes everybody laugh and feel good. You know what I mean? Instead, it's like. Ooh. But I'm really not funny. No, no. And we shouldn't have a podcast. What? <laughs> okay. Uh, today we're joined by a super cool, wonderful guest. It is uh, you may know her from her her writing on Stylecaster. It's uh, Mia McGuire. Hi. Hi. Thanks for joining us on this warm, warm summer day. Yeah, it's lovely. Yeah, That's some good swampy weather. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah, nice and humid. Mm-hmm. Feels like the Everglades. Yeah. Yeah. Well, um, this is my first uh, podcast. It is appearance. That's yes. exciting. Yeah. Which, um, what I don't know if I've ever asked you what podcast do you like listen to? Um, I really like one called Fat Mascara. Um, it's two beauty editors, and they're pretty sciencey. They're pretty cool. Um, so it's not just like, oh, here's the latest mascara. They have germs and stuff. So it's it's kind of like a geeky beauty podcast i highly recommend it fun um do you listen to uh natch butte at all no what's that uh it's like there's a it's a comedian jackie johnson and she has people come on and talk about their beauty routines Ooh, i should check that out yeah it's a fun comedy podcast about you know beauty stuff sweet yeah um cool well let's just uh hop right in mia what is your relationship like with ethan hawk and his movies um, you know, in, in reality bites, I really hate him. Um, <laughs> that honestly, that performance really left a, a scar on me and it's, it's difficult to overcome. Um, I really like Gattaca. I'm trying to think of what other movies of his I've seen. Well, what are some big ones, John? Other than Madi, of course. Training Day. Training Day. Before Sunrise. Before Sunrise, Dead Poets Society. Oh yeah, Dead Poet Society. Mm-hmm. I still haven't seen Before Sunrise. Oh, those are good movies. I would recommend that uh, trilogy. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, Dead Poet Society is one that's kind of easy to forget that Ethan Hawke was in it because yeah. he was so young, and all yeah. of them kind of look the same in that movie. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, they kind of do. Yeah. Yeah. Um, cool. Well, so are you a are you a fan or just too too scarred by reality bites? I think I'm a fan. I think I'm a fan. <laughs> cool. Yeah. I thought that in Madi, I think that that was his best performance, in my humble opinion. I do think he was very good in this movie. Yeah. 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 So today we're talking about Madi. Um, oh, did I give it away? No, no, no. It's. I mean, I assume people read the episode title, so you gave right. nothing away. <laughs> um, yeah. So we're talking about Madi. It's uh, an Irish-Canadian production. Mm-hmm. Um, from director Isling Walsh. Who knows if I said that right? Irish people and their names, you know. Um, Sounded good to me. Thank you. 
Uh, yeah, so it's about uh, the life of uh, Maude Lewis, who was a, a folk artist mm-hmm. in Canada, mm-hmm. in Nova Scotia. Nova Scotia. Yes, where right. I believe Ethan Hawke has a home. Oh. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Where exactly is Nova Scotia? I think it's Is eastern. it like an island or something? <sighs> That's a great question. It is definitely in the east, though. I know very little about Canadian geography, yeah. i got to be honest. Yeah, same. But... Um, I don't think we were tested on it in high school because I think I took like a world history class where we were tested on geography and we had to learn like most places, but I don't know that we did North America. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think it was just because we mostly we did like countries. Right. So it was like, you know, there's the three countries here, but there's so many more territories within those that I feel like, you know, it might be good to know. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I'm not saying that like public education has failed us or anything, but <laughs> maybe Canada has failed us. Maybe yeah, Canada try harder <laughs> yeah, to if... to lobby the American government to get Canadian geography in our I schools. I think if Canada like just you know did one little military attack <laughs> against us, just nothing major, just a small thing, and then we'd have to learn about Canada. You mm-hmm. know? Yeah. Good point. Yeah. That's how we all know where, you know, Iraq is. and That's true. That's It's depressing, that's but it's true that that's yeah. how most of us know our geography. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so Mahdi. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so it stars uh, Sally Hawkins, who we love. Mm-hmm. Yes. Hawk and Hawkins reunited. Yes, Hawk and Hawkins. Yeah, I don't know that they've done anything together yeah. before. I think just this. Yeah. But it feels so natural for the two of them to be in a movie together because I feel like they're both kind of middle-aged indie darlings, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and they're both, I think they're both great actors. Mm-hmm. And this I agree. Was, this was something a little different for Ethan Hawke, I felt. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah. Um. I don't know. I feel like we're kind of in an era where he's like exploring. I think he's able to do more. I don't know. He's been doing some interesting stuff mm-hmm, during mm-hmm, these last, mm-hmm. you know, couple of years that we've been exploring. And um, I feel like this was like kind of. He was like really gruff in this movie, but in a yeah. different way than we've seen him before, because yeah. we've seen him play a cowboy before, which is one brand of gruff. But this is kind of like. I don't know. Weird 1930s Canadian man. Yeah. 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 And he was kind of upholding that um, mean stereotype that I'm so used to seeing him. But he really, I really liked him at the end. Mm -hmm. He's a very likable asshole, basically. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think he does a a good job of making that kind of thing shine through. I mean, we have seen him be full asshole before. Like, I'd say, like, Cymbeline, you know? Mm -hmm. He's kind of, like, a douche the whole time. Um, But but I think that he's able to play that kind of complicated, like, you know, rough on the outside, hard of gold, or, you know, wins you over in the end. Yeah. Kind of character. Um, Cool. Well, should we, let's, should we talk about this movie? I, we, I think we are. I, I mean, I think we are, but should we, you know, go through it? So, sure. um, yeah. So, Maddie is, she's never actually called Maddie in the movie until yeah. the very end. I think yeah. he calls yeah. her Maddie at the end. But so she's called Maud. Um, and she 
has arthritis correct yeah um so she you know she hobbles a little and Mm -hmm. she's she you know and she she refers to herself as crooked Mm -hmm. i think yeah um and so she her family kind of believes that she can't take care of herself because of this because of her disability so um she her brother leaves her to live with their aunt after um after the parents die and that just doesn't really work for her because she's like a pretty you know independent person Mm -hmm. who i think wants to be able to have her own autonomous life um and we see her like she you know she'll go out at night and come back and the aunt is disapproving um and she she finally like you know says you know this enough is enough when she goes and she gets this uh she gets a housekeeping job mm-hmm. um that takes her out of her aunt's house um yeah so she's and also i should say i think feel like i said this is 1930s mm-hmm. this this movie kind of spans a, a long period of time i would say like the early 30s to the late 50s mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um which I want to get into because I was kind of interested in the way that they aged everyone up with hair and makeup. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was kind of interesting. It was kind of interesting. I, yeah, I thought it was, ooh, yeah. I mean, at the beginning, you know, everyone looks kind of how they are and they try to progressively age them up by graying their hair and doing a little bit of makeup. But I felt like yeah. there, there was like a little bit more that could have been done with the makeup mm-hmm. because I, I had to, the only way I could tell that they were older was from the gray hair, the gray mm-hmm. hair. I don't know. I didn't think it was all that convincing. Yeah. And I thought that the aunt like looked fully the same age. I thought that like by the end they had yeah. Maude like looked older than her aunt. Yeah. 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 Uh, like they just didn't try that hard with any of the surrounding characters. Yeah. Yeah um yeah but anyway so yeah ethan hawk is in the store it's like a general store kind of place and he want he puts an ad up where he's looking for a, a housemaid mm-hmm. um and his name is everett lewis the character's name yeah 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 i liked this introduction to to his character he kind of you you see that he like storms in and he kind of has an attitude you yeah. know Maybe some He's anger He's got a issues. big attitude. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe some anger problems. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Yeah. Um, but, and Maude is there, too, at the time when he puts up the ad. So she already can get a sense of who she is, but I think she's just so determined to get out of her, you know, situation. her situation. Yeah. Um, so she walks all the way to his house. Yeah. And interviews for the position. And he's not too uh, keen on the idea at first. No, he's not. But she's like the only person that applied. Yeah. Um, and also, and he's like, oh, maybe I'll be better off taking one of these boys from the orphanage mm-hmm. to, to do some work around the house. And, um, but I think he, he had also grown up in this orphanage. And so the reason why he worked there was because he had grown up there and he had a relationship with the guy that ran it. And the guy was like, now if someone applied for this job you should hire them you should like yeah. take a take a child take what out you of, can get yeah yeah um yeah so he he ends up uh taking her on and she she collects her things and moves out of her aunt's house and uh that and then yeah her first day did not 
did not go very well. Mm-hmm. She gets kind of distracted, and also he doesn't give her direct instructions. Right. And he just expected her to, you know, clean the house. Um, but she, I think, got distracted by all of the things in the house. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a it, very small house. It too. is a small house. It is. Yeah. Um, but it's a cute house. Yeah. Super cute. Yeah. Two stories. It's sort of. Sort of. It's like a loft. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's a little tiny staircase that leads up to an area where there's a bed. Mm-hmm. Um, attic. Yeah. Attic bed. Attic bed space. Um, yeah, but then because she didn't, you know, do the things that he wanted her to do on that first day, he kicks her out. Um, but then he wakes up the next morning to the sound of scrubbing and she's down there working. And then it's like, oh, okay, this is going to work out. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um Ethan Hawke has dogs in this movie, which I feel is like a really classic Ethan Hawke uh, character trait. True. I don't know that having dogs is a trait, but it's something we've seen quite a bit from him. Um, Most notably, I would say, in in A Valley of Violence, which has an incredible dog actor. Well, White Fang as well. White Fang, yes. And White Fang 2. And White Fang 2, Call of the White Wolf. Myth of the White Savior. (laughs) Myth of the White Savior, yeah. Um... Yeah, so, I don't know. I took so many notes on this movie. Mm-hmm. I know we were talking about it because it is it is kind of a slow movie. It's very slow. Yeah. Um, but I did feel like a lot actually did happen. Mm-hmm. There were just kind of a lot of very mundane things. Right. <laughs> and I took notes on all of them. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah. Oh, okay, so... Uh, one big thing is there's only one bed in this house. Yeah. And so yeah. She, uh, they they share this bed. Yeah, she asks where she's going to sleep. And he's like, oh, when I was in the orphanage, <laughs> we shared a bed. If you got a problem with that. <laughs> he, he, uh, most of this com- early conversations with her basically boil down to, if you got a problem with that, you can scram. Yeah. And then she doesn't Yeah, scram. pretty mm-hmm. much. That was a good uh, Everett impression. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. 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 And he also, you know, to that effect of, you know, how he is, uh, he he makes it clear to her the order of importance here in Mm -hmm. the house. Uh, He says, let me tell you how it is here. There's me, the dogs, the chickens, and then you. Yeah. Um, So... Yeah, he does not really appreciate her. It's true. Or, you know, as a human being, even, I would say. Um, but that changes over time very slowly. Mm-hmm. Very, very slowly, I would say, yes. that changes. Um, and we also learn that the rest of the town is kind of gossiping about their situation. Mm-hmm. Uh, Maud sees her aunt Ida at the store, and Ida says that everyone's talking about how she's his love slave. Uh, yikes. Um, but yeah, so then Ethan Hawke and she, so when she later, she sees Ethan Hawke and his friend and they're unloading wood from the truck and, um, she, the friend is very nice to her, Yeah, you know, cause he's like a decent person. Yeah. <laughs> Unlike Everett. Um, but she keeps talking to him and he tells her to go inside and she won't go inside and then he slaps her pretty. Yeah. Yeah. Aggressively. No good. no good. Um 
And when she goes inside, she starts painting on the walls. And this is kind of like the beginning of we had seen her at one point paint a shelf. But this is the first time she's like started painting like actually on the walls and doing like art. Yeah. She starts making a little tree. Yeah. Sad little trees. Sad little trees. Happy little trees because she's sad. Yeah. Um. And her art does shortly begin to be appreciated. Mm -hmm. Um, So a a slick New York woman named Sandra comes by. I love her a lot. She's played by Carrie Matchett, who I'm a big fan of. And she had this kind of like, um, you know, 30s New Yorker voice about her. You know, I say, you know, like a... (laughs) yeah uh, transatlantic kind of vibe and she actually kind of talks like that in real, real life, life. like funny. not that much she definitely put it on a little bit but it mm-hmm. wasn't too far from her natural voice which i thought was kind of funny um but i know her from covert affairs she's like the she's like a deputy cia director or something in covert affairs uh great show would wreck if you need something to kind of to binge i don't know where it is but tnt or something it was on usa usa okay well characters welcome they feel spiritually similar usa and tnt yeah definitely yeah aren't (laughs) they like next to each other on no tnt's on 51 and usa's on 58 okay well they're in the same maybe you had decade dish or no i had time warner cable okay i had direct tv usa and tnt were next to each other oh okay yeah in the 250s. <laughs> In the 250s. Yeah. You had so many channels. Wow. I didn't even have cable. Yeah. yeah. Well, eventually, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. We had, uh, when I was a child, I think we had cable that was not ours. Mm-hmm. Oh. We just, uh, you know, took it from just someone Just borrowed else. from the neighbors? Uh-huh. And caring then, is caring. Yeah. And then later, when I was in middle school, we got, we got cable. Mm-hmm. Um. You know, I had cable when I, my dad had cable. So every other weekend, that's when we would binge Nickelodeon, mm-hmm. Disney. Yeah. So I did, I had a little bit of cable. I shouldn't just. Do <laughs> um, yeah, I, I mean, I feel, I miss TV. I miss mm-hmm. like, I mean, we have two antenna, antennae. Antennae, whatever. I think antennas is fine. Antennas. Mm-hmm. That feels wrong. Anyway, but we have they're them. Not like, it's not like a... A bug. Yeah, it's not a bug. Yeah, but I feel like it's still the same word. Oh, I don't know. Anyway, but so we do technically have live television here, but it's not the same because we don't get like those, you know, TNT, TBS, yeah. uh, you know, we don't get, yeah. we don't get any like 24 hour news channels either, like MSNBC or CNN. Mm-hmm. Not that I'd really want to have those on all the right. time because I don't think it's good for you. Right. But um, it would be nice to just like turn on the news sometimes. Yeah. You know? That's true. Yeah. I agree. It's true. Or to watch sports award shows. Yeah. 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 Well, award shows we can get because we do have the antenna. So we can get channels okay, so like we... 2, 4, 5, 7, 11. Got it. NBC, ABC, CBS. Yeah, the, the main Fox. broadcasting networks. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, but we're talking about Maudie. Uh, a time a when they didn't have TV. Uh, so, yeah, so they Sandra. They radio. Yeah. I mean, radio would have been around. I just think they didn't yes. have one. Yeah, definitely. I think that Everett chose to live with very little. Yeah. And um, Maud didn't really need that much mm-hmm. um and so they just didn't have you because we see later on like their house isn't wired for electricity even in the right, 50s right, right, when right. everyone else's house is yeah. yeah you know so they're just kind of they just live the way they live 
Um, but yeah, so Sandra is this New Yorker woman and she comes by because Ethan Hawke didn't deliver the fish that she had paid for. Mm-hmm. Um, and when she's there, she sees a chicken that, uh, that Maud had painted on the wall and she seems to really like it. And, um, like and then later because she becomes their first customer or like Maud's first customer mm-hmm. um yeah, she asks for cards yeah so uh Maud starts to help Everett to um keep his business in order because clearly you know he he just keeps it all in his head and I think he doesn't write very well so so and she does so she starts to help him out and then as they're making their rounds she delivers these uh this little art card yeah um and then she starts doing more and more of them and they become kind of popular yeah um but yeah so around this time um is the first time that we see everett and maude be like kind of sexual with each other Mm -hmm. um so he's like because they sleep in the same bed and usually they're kind of distant from each other but i think over time they've gotten a little closer and um he's like spooning her at first uh, and then kind of, and then starts making sexual advances, and then she starts talking about marriage. Yeah. Uh, because she doesn't want to. She says she doesn't want to get in quote unquote that kind of trouble again. Um, and this is when we learned that she had a baby who had died, that was born with deformities like hers, mm-hmm. is what the family said. Right. Um. But, and yeah, so then that's kind of, the daughter is something that Maud thinks about quite a bit understandably um and and this question of marriage becomes uh is a recurring theme for the two of them yeah yeah but anyway so they start expanding her painting business basically not that they're really trying it just seems to kind of be like happening you know so he starts to sell some of the little cards in that general store Mm. um and this is one of the first times we actually see Everett be a little bit nice about Maud, mm-hmm. um, because the store owner says like, "Oh, I don't get the big deal about these. Like my five year old could have done them or right. whatever." Yeah. And then Ethan Hawke is like, "Maybe, but he didn't. Maud did." Yeah, you know, which is, I mean, that's what art is mm-hmm. a lot. Mm-hmm. It's true. And uh, Everett says he doesn't really understand art, but I feel like he got that. Like that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's true. He did. He does get that. Um, I mean, that's what they say about, you know, Mark Rothko and some of the greatest abstract artists of our time. So I, I hate that stereotype. My kid yeah. can do it. Yeah. But he yeah. did kind of stand up for her. And that's when I started kind of having a more favorable mm-hmm. yeah. And she kind so, of, I feel like she likes him no matter what. Because she, yeah. she's mm-hmm. like defensive of him like early on, like when his friend, when the guy that he works with says he like he makes an offhanded joke about um about how uh, everett is like cheating him out of his like payment or whatever because they like work together but he's just like joking about it and she's like oh he would he wouldn't do that he's he's a good you know or like the same thing with like when sandra goes to the um buy fish she she's like oh he didn't he didn't uh it wasn't intentional he just forgot to do it Mm mm-hmm so she, she's always very defensive of him, like, from the beginning. Yeah, I mean, I think even though he doesn't treat her especially well, like, he's still the way she was able to get out of the life that she didn't 
like yeah. being in. Yeah. Yeah. So the painting gets more serious and then there's kind of a funny scene where uh he's you know, he's getting on her like, you know, you still have to do your chores. Like don't think you don't have to do anything around the house just because you're doing this painting. Uh and then she's like, Okay, yeah, I'll do it later and then he's like, All right, I'll do the sweeping. Yeah. And then she's like, <laughs> oh, yeah. No, don't do it right now. Don't do it here, you'll get dust on it and then she just slams the door on him. Mm-hmm. It was funny. Um, and it's kind of nice to see that they do start to have like some some levity in their relationship and it's not just like yeah you know yeah depressing and serious the whole time so we see another like you know sexual encounter between the two of them and uh this time she's coming on to him mm-hmm. and something it kind of starts and then he push he rolls off of her and he's like i'd rather stick it into a tree which was very rude and then like the next day they get married yeah yeah i thought that was a weird shift in events very uh very sudden yeah it was i mean i think i don't know (laughs) can't it can't be explained but it feels like it feels right for them though because they're so weird Mm -hmm. yeah yeah it's true um and then there's a cute scene which we see like on a lot of a lot of the promotional stuff for this movie use this where he's like carrying her home in the wheelbarrow. Uh very cute. Yeah, that's nice. That was sweet. Yeah. And then they slow dance in their bedroom, which I also really liked. They were like slow mm-hmm. dancing I loved to no that music. Part. Yeah. Yeah, it was nice. Yeah. And then he says, uh, I'm still gonna be contrary tomorrow. Which I you know, I thought that was good. Like they know who they are. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and she says we're like an odd or we're like a pair of odd socks yeah um yeah then shortly after that they start they put up a paintings for sale sign in the window uh business starts amping up and uh and this entire time like more and more of the inside of the house is being painted Mm -hmm. yeah progressively you see her like over time Mm -hmm. like it started with little trees and then that corner of the room and then eventually the entire house basically is yeah first just the inside and then ultimately the outside as well yeah Yeah. and we see him like kind of continue relent on the things that she wants like he's kind of you know no i'm stuck in my ways about this but then like she says she wants a screen door uh and then he says no but then it cuts to him installing it yeah you know um but yeah i mean she's clearly becoming like pretty famous like nixon buys one of her paintings yeah, that was the first time that I had an idea of when this was. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, was like, I truly had no idea. Like, I saw they hit an old car and then, you know, it said Vice President Nixon. I was like, okay, so it's the 50s. Yeah. Um, and then uh, there's a news piece. There's a news piece about them. Um, and uh ethan hawk does a really good job of just being like so awkward during this mm-hmm. uh he's sm- they ask him to smile and like his mouth just makes like the weirdest shape it's very yeah. funny <laughs> um yeah and then so the aunt from the beginning she's much older now she's sick um and she runs into ethan hawk at the store and says she wants to see Maud. Uh, so when Maud goes to see her, she reveals that the the baby actually wasn't dead or deformed. They sold her to a family. Yeah, and it was her brother that did it. Yes, the brother did. And yeah. the first thing we learn in the movie is that her brother had sold the house that they lived yeah. in without telling her. Yeah, and that's a pretty devastating blow to Maud. 
Mm-hmm. Um, the first of several that day, because just as she leaves, she's like walking. Uh, like first, like Everett didn't want her to go, so he didn't drive her. So she walked all the way to her aunt's house, yeah. and then she's starting to walk back, and she's like, you know, processing all this emotional stuff, and she's walking back, and um, Everett picks her up. Um, but then they just get in a big fight and he says, which is pretty brutal. He says, uh, more pain ever since you stepped into my life. Nothing but pain. Yeah. Just like, yikes. that's when I started crying the first time. Yeah. Yeah. It's an emotional movie. Three. It is. Yeah. Um, and it's interesting cause it's, you know, like I said, it's like kind of slow. So it's like, yeah. it doesn't, it's not like. I don't know. And they're, they're, it's like subtle. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's yeah. just like about people living their lives and there's just something like uh, tragic about certain things about it. Yeah. You know? Yeah. yeah. It doesn't really like try to hit you over the head with it, I would say. No, it's not overly drama, dramatized, I guess, mm-hmm. which I think made it a little bit more of a tearjerker for me because it does feel so lifelike, I suppose. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think the style suits the person, you know, the material because mm-hmm. it's like folk outsider art. You wouldn't, yeah. you wouldn't make like a glitzy biopic about someone like that. You would want it to be like really down to earth and stuff. Yeah. So and that's kind of what it was. Yeah, I'm just imagining like the Jay Roach, Margot Robbie version of this movie, <laughs> just like hyper vibrant. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, she's talking into the camera about her experiences, you know, that would be funny, uh, but mostly sad. Um, anyway, so Maude goes to stay with Sandra after this big fight she has with Everett. Mm-hmm. Um, and I saw a funny review of this movie on Letterboxd that was like, uh, why did she stay with Everett when Sandra was there the whole time? It's <laughs> <laughs> like true. Um, but yeah, and they have like I I really liked just them being together, and you got to kind of. I liked their dynamic a lot. I thought it was really sweet. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, you get like a little bit more of a to see Maude with someone that isn't Everett kind of gives you more of an insight onto who she is and her character, because she just talks about how she doesn't need much, just like a window and some paint. And that's all she really needs to be happy. She just lives a simple life. Um, and, you know, Sandra, like, really respects her and her talent. It's, it's like, nice to see her in that kind of different scenario. Yeah. Um, but, and so then there's, like, a, there's a scene where uh, Maude is getting into bed. She's in bed at Sandra's house. And then it cuts to Ethan Hawke alone in, be- at, in bed at his house. Um, they're clearly, you know, looking at those empty pillows, just thinking about each other. Yeah. That one got me too. That moment <laughs> got me too. Yeah. That was the moment I think in this movie that was the most like, you know, like filmmaking to me. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, I see you're synthesizing. I see what's happening. Uh, yeah. Um, and so then the next day I think he comes or shortly after he comes back for her, he yeah. goes to Sandra's house and. Uh, they sit on the swings, which is cute. You know, I love to see a cute old couple sitting on some yep. swings. Um, and he says, uh, I just flagged this as maybe one of my most Ethan Hawke lines. Uh, he just says, he says, I see you, mm-hmm. which I was like, damn. Like, this guy's come so far. Yeah. True. Yeah. It's true. 
Um, yes, yeah, so they get back together, and then Everett takes Maud to see her daughter. Where she, yeah. yeah. And they don't actually speak. She just, like, looks at her from a distance. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that was intense. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And you can kind of tell, I mean, Maud is getting older around this time, and we start to see her get a little, like, she seems, like, sick, too. She's starting to get sick. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she seems even more frail than she did before. I mean, she's a very petite woman, but she... I think they did it or she did a good job portraying age just in the way you can kind of see her struggling to even just walk. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that scene in particular where she's looking at the daughter, like she gets out of the truck, which is like, has always been a little tall for her, but now it's like, she has to really like hold on to it to get down and to move around it. But yeah. So then we find out that she has emphysema because she never quit smoking. She's been smoking throughout the entire movie. Um, and I love it too. The doctor was like, "You never quit smoking," and she's like, "Just a little bit, just you know, <laughs> there." She had a cigarette in her mouth pretty much at all times. Yeah, yeah. Relate to that. <laughs> um, yeah, and she also her arthritis is getting much worse. So yeah, I think what she what she exactly said about this, I think what he said was like, "Oh, you need to quit smoking," and she's like, "I do sometimes." Yeah, she's like, "I give it up sometimes." Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, at one point, her her breathing gets so bad that Everett has to take her to the hospital. Um. Yeah, which is a very modern hospital. Yeah, like, that was the one yeah. thing. Because there's this like scene, there's this shot where like you see it's like facing Ethan Hawke and he's like looking down the hallway of the hospital mm-hmm. and then behind him, there's like a neon like exit sign. Yeah. And I was yeah. Like, I feel like that would, they wouldn't have had those. They would have just had like the, the um, probably just like a metal placard that said exit or something. Maybe. I mean, I do think it was like the late fifties by the time this movie was over. Yeah. yeah but the, like sixties maybe. I don't think those kinds of signs, it was like an led sign. Oh, like yeah. it was yeah. not like a, mm-hmm. like a, you know, like a real neon sign, you know. That that was the one kind of like anachronism that was a little like. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Oh, I have another possibly most Ethan Hawke line, which is from the scene where she's she's in the hospital and she's dying, and he's with her, and he says, "I wonder how I ever thought you weren't perfect." Mm-hmm. Like, damn. Sweet. Damn. Uh, did you guys have any most Ethan Hawke lines? No, I didn't. No. Anything? No. That's I okay. Think the, I, I think I see you. I I feel like that was pretty spot on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I feel like uh, even though this was kind of a, like a little bit of a different character for Ethan Hawke, like he still get, did tap into that like romantic hero of his yeah. youth that he yeah. was, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, he just yeah. can't shake it. Yeah, it's it's inside <laughs> of him. Um, yeah, so Maud dies, which is very sad. Yeah. And he, he goes home and he's just like surrounded by her art because, you know, she's painted every single surface in the entire yeah. house and all of the, the boards with her art are, are in there. It's just really sad. And he's, um, kind of looking through some things and there's a, that original ad that he had put up for a maid was in a tin that she'd kept. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's so that was sad. another sweet moment. 
yeah. yeah. Well, sweet, yeah. And that's that's pretty much the movie. Yeah, and then you see the real Maudie. Yes, yeah, so we get some footage of the real Maudie. Um, which seemed to probably be like whatever that news that news yeah, story was. News, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, they look a lot older in the yeah the news film yeah than they do in the mm-hmm. at that point in the movie yeah and i just feel like they really could have given them some like face i mean I, this felt like kind of low budge mm-hmm. so i get it but i feel like they could have done a little bit of face prosthetics yeah. to make them feel older just a little mm-hmm. like ethan hawk looked like he was in like the best shape of his life but he just <laughs> yeah. had gray hair you know yeah and like, it wasn't even fully gray either from what i recall mm-hmm yeah yeah so i mean that like the only i i thought this movie was very nice i thought it was Mm -hmm. good um like the only complaints i would have for like one the the makeup for the aging and two it was a little long Mm -hmm. like i don't think it needed to be two hours Mm -hmm. but yeah it was a little drawn out but i you know i really liked it i enjoyed it um I didn't think it was going to be any good, actually, but I didn't really go into it with any reviews or, yeah, I didn't really read into it too much. Um, yeah, I don't think I knew So I was pleasantly surprised. It. Yeah, the only thing I really knew was that my dad likes this movie a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, friend of the pod, W.T. Alamosa. I think, like, the, the, the only time I realized that she was, like, a real person was once they did the... Oh, yeah the the end credits and i was like oh yeah i mean i had the idea that she was because like all those like kind of historical details that they threw in like the richard nixon buying the painting right. and all that stuff i mm-hmm. thought like oh that's kind of like sounds like a his very specific historical detail for a fictional person mm-hmm. so that kind of made me think that she was real but i didn't like realize that she was until i didn't know for sure until the very end so mm-hmm. okay i have a review here from the new york times but i want to find a good quote which I should have done before. I'm very wow. sorry. I know. Classic. Well, do you guys have any more thoughts about this movie while I'm uh, looking for a quote? <laughs> oh, there's the part where she says, the whole of life already framed. She's talking about windows. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like that a lot. That was nice. That's good. That was like the closing line. Yeah. Um. So yeah, so this is uh, Manola Dargis, again, reviewed this for the New York Times. Um, and it's a, it's a pretty positive review. She says... Monty is one of those movies that triumph over their worst instincts and your well-honed doubts. There's a lot to get past, including an opener that engages in some generic place setting and a pushy score that insistently tries to lighten the darker moods. But stick with the movie for its lead, Sally Hawkins and Ethan Hawke, a beautifully matched pair who open up two closed people, unleashing torrents of feeling. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. I like that. It feels right. You know, like, yeah, I just, I think there are some things, it's not a perfect movie, mm-hmm. no. but I think that the performances are good and it does yeah. really, like, evoke emotion. It's true. Yeah. So, shout out to Manola Dargis of the New York Times for really <laughs> getting to the core of this movie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, okay, well, Jonathan, do you have something you'd like to share with us? Sure. It's time for a hawk fact. Mia, would you like to do a Ooh. hawk noise? A hawk noise. Yeah, just whatever you think a hawk sounds like. That's pretty good. <laughs> yeah, that sounds more like my cat when I was taking him to the vet and he was dying of heat in the car. But that's that's oh. what I have. Sorry. No, that was that was pretty close. Um, there was a nice ring at the end, a little chime. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'll send you a, a video of hawk noises so that you can see okay. that you're yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
So, Jonathan, what do you have for us? Well, uh, this movie is about Everett, um, who is a fisherman, uh-huh. and uh, Maddie, who paints, mm-hmm. even though she has, um, you know, arthritis and her, it's hard for her hands to paint. Mm-hmm. So, I was looking at ospreys, which are the uh, hawks that can... Um, Seahawks. Yes, that's what they're called. They, uh, they're the only, uh, raptors that exclusively, that almost exclusively eat fish. Um, so they're the fishermen of the, of the raptors. Mm -hmm. And I was looking, uh, a little bit into their talons, um, the talons that they have with their talons. Uh Like their hands, like Like her hands. hands. Like her hands, Uh exactly. uh And they're very talented. Oh boy. Uh, uh, as the bird reaches for the fish, its outer front toe swivels to the rear, giving it two grasping talons front and back. So usually they have like, when they're flying, they have like the three talons and then one to the side, kind of mm-hmm. like your three fingers and then thumb, but they can like move an entire, move their talon like all the way to the back of their mm-hmm. hand so that it looks like a, like a claw basically. Mm-hmm. And that's how they're able mm-hmm. to grab fish. Interesting. Yeah. Who knew? Uh, where where do you find this information? Well, this is from Audubon.org. Ah, classic. We mm-hmm. love Audubon.org. Mm-hmm. So much information about birds from that site. Oh, also kind of an interesting thing about ospreys that is not really related to this movie is that they can close their nostrils. They can like, they have like a little seal mm-hmm. so that when they go into huh. the water to, oh. they only, they only, they don't go very deep. They go, they can go, it says um about three feet below the water surface so they stay kind of close to the surface mm-hmm. but if they if their heads do submerge they can like close their nostrils to keep water out which is pretty cool mm-hmm. nice that's from all about birds all about birds love it well mm-hmm. thank mm-hmm. you for those wonderful facts about ospreys yeah no love problem. it thank you um oh yeah the other thing i wanted to say was there was a song that played in the end credits and maybe earlier in the movie too that i did like um it was by lisa hannigan and i just wanted to see if i knew anything else she'd ever done oh yeah she had a song that i think i got for free on itunes like in a a million years like a decade ago when you could get song like you know Mm -hmm. like those like little starbucks cards or something yeah i remember those yeah she had a song called i don't know um which i do remember so it was it was cool to um hear a song from an artist that i hadn't thought about in like you know 10 years mm-hmm. yeah um yeah anyway okay well i liked this movie well i have i have one more thing oh yeah i thought it was interesting they make it seem in the beginning that you know her brother and her aunt don't think she's capable of taking care of herself because she has something that seems like they make it seem like it's so much more severe than arthritis. Like I I thought it was going to later be revealed that she had some sort of um, like mental illness, like schizophrenia, like certainly arthritis, you know, I mean, she could still obviously take care of a household. I thought that was really like, why do you just because of like the the stereotypical like wacky artist thing? Like, why do you think they uh, were so concerned about her ability to live on her own? 
Yeah, that was interesting. I thought I, I thought that too. Like in the beginning, yeah. I assumed it, it took a while, but I assumed in the beginning that she was like, yeah, she had some sort of other like mental illness or some yeah. physical illness that, you know, but she was perfectly capable of doing most things. So she obviously she could cook, she could clean, she could. Yeah. Well, it looks like uh, it says she was born with birth defects and ultimately developed rheumatoid arthritis. So I don't know if there was um, more going on mm-hmm. that they didn't like directly address in the movie. Mm. Um, but I also kind of figured that I wasn't sure if um, because they didn't talk about it, if she had been raped, and that's how she got yeah, pregnant. Yeah, I also thought of that, too. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, and so, you know, and that can cause, like, physical and mental trauma as well. Right. Also, right. on top of it, the fact that they took her baby from her. Yeah. yeah. I think you know? I think they were just not nice people. Yeah. Yeah. I, she was, She was, of course, like, way more capable than they gave her credit for at any point. Yeah. Um, but, yeah. I think it's possible that they just didn't like like expressly lay out everything mm-hmm. that had happened in her youth. It's true. Yeah. I'm curious. Well, I want to know more about her early years. Yeah, I wonder if there's like a, you know, biography out there for their reading and other media. There is a book by Lance Wolliver wow. entitled uh, "The Illuminated Life of Maude Lewis." And there are three documentaries about her. Wow. Oh. Yeah. Fascinating. Well, there are so many opportunities for us to go out there and learn more about her. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. Well, do we have any more thoughts? Um, no, not really. Yeah. Uh, good, good movie. Yeah, I enjoyed it. Yeah. I think I liked it more than you guys did. I texted Harper. I was like, make sure to have some tissues available. And it sounds like you guys were just fine. <laughs> yeah, I'm not I'm not like a huge movie crier. Like I will at, you know, some at like specific things that I'm like that I'll watch specifically to make me cry. Mm-hmm. Oh, you know? gotcha. But I'm not the only time that I really remember like crying at a movie that I didn't know that I was going to cry going into was um, The Fault in Our Stars. Like, I saw that in the theater, and I cried, like, seven times during that movie. It was very shocking, because I don't really do that. Mm -hmm. Um, I also think that we watch so many Ethan Hawke movies that we can be, like, a little clinical about it, you know? That's true. Yeah. Because, like, uh, yeah, like, all of my, you know, like, the things that I said in this podcast we're like oh well this is the kind of character he played in this movie and we can compare it to all of these other kinds of movies where he played similar or different character you know those are like the things i'm looking for i guess the thing is that i'm like looking for things while i'm watching a movie for the podcast Mm -hmm. true yeah i mean i I also just got my period so maybe that's why this waterworks (laughs) but like yeah i thought it was just so touching yeah also it's Mm -hmm. so hot I was like, it's so hot. You're, you know, just sweating from your eyes too. It's true. Yeah. On top of the tears. <laughs> Do you guys have AC? Sorry, this is not about Madi. No, we don't. Well, we have an air. We have an air conditioner There's in the bedroom, like yeah. a window unit. Um, which is not on right now because we're yeah, because we're recording, so we turned it off. And now I'm sweating bullets. Yeah, I'm really like when I stand up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, but be I'm different like, for me. Drenched. <laughs> Do you have AC? No. Uh, no. I don't. Do you have um, any windows that you could like put a window unit in? 
So, yes, but because my building is so old, um, first of all, I have windows that open outward mm -hmm. rather than vertically, uh. and then the bars are they're beautiful. They're very intricately designed, but it's hard to get the little hose thing. This is a long story, but I, I do have one of those um, AC units with the hose. Like the rolling it just, ones. The hose, mm -hmm. Yeah, the hose doesn't really fit. And apparently I have to break a window, but I guess <laughs> no one gets their security deposit back anyway. So I'm just kind of uh, weighing the pros and cons at the moment. Mm -hmm. But short answer is no, I don't have any um, any AC. I do have a fan. So it's not Bummer. working very well. Well, you know what you can do is you can um, put a bowl of like ice behind the fan, and then <laughs> uh, it essentially makes like a like a cheap like you know if you have the fan pointed directly at you and the ice is right behind the fan, it'll pull the cold air from the ice and okay. Like, that's yeah. a good hack. Yeah, That's it's a, good, a really good hack. Yeah, a little life hack. I do that sometimes out in the uh, where in the living room where we don't have. Mm -hmm. Okay, AC. I might. Yeah, I might do that tonight. I think most people in LA don't have AC, so. Yeah. 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 Sucks. We have like heating. Like, who needs that here? I know. I know. Every <laughs> building has heating, but it's like, <laughs> when, when are we ever gonna? Yeah. Well, global warming. I guess all these buildings are predate global warming. True. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. Well, um, I'm Harper. You can find me on the internet at harping about on Instagram and Twitter and uh, Letterboxd. And um, something I've been enjoying outside of Ethan Hawke this week is oh, I watched Disclosure on Netflix, which is a very good documentary about trans representation in media. I would highly oh. recommend it. I think if okay. you are a person that like consumes media at all, that mm -hmm. you should also watch this documentary. I'll would check wreck. it out. Yeah. Jonathan, where can the people find you and what have you been enjoying? Okay, I'm Jonathan. You can find me on Instagram and Letterbox at John Zavaleta. Um I'm still going through twin peaks mm -hmm. so i'm still doing my rewatch uh, me the old one or new one i'm okay so i want to watch the new one but i haven't um seen the original in a long time you have yeah so, you... so i'm i'm like re-watching the original right now and i'm like i'm on season two i got after the part where they found out who killed laura palmer uh -huh. where it just kind of goes like off the rails but yeah i uh, think lynch like took a took a break from the show for a little bit right yeah i think i was reading that he only directed the first two episodes of season two and yeah. the last episode so everything in between kind of and i also think like from what i've heard like the they were under pressure from the network to like yeah. reveal who who killed laura palmer mm -hmm. even though like it, they weren't really that like I think they were more interested in like the mystery of it than necessarily like actually solving the crime. So I think that it was kind of like pushed on them to do like yeah. a reveal. And then, so there's like a bunch of episodes after they found out who did it. And there's like a, it's kind of, it kind of lacks like direction. Cause there's yeah. no, yeah. There's Cause no like what driving. are they doing? Yeah. So it just, yeah, but I'm still enjoying it. Um, even though, yeah, have you seen some... Have you seen Fire Walk with Me? No, yeah. So once I finish, I know it's a prequel, but once I finish the original um, series, I'm gonna go back and watch Fire Walk with Me, and then I'm gonna start the new series. That's my plan. Awesome! I'm excited for you. 
Thank you. Yeah, you've been wearing your Laura Palmer shirt all week, right? Yeah, I've worn it three days this week <laughs> to be washed. <laughs> nice. Nice. Yep. Um, you know, I actually found that at H&M, which is weird. Nice. Um, it's on the clearance rack. So did you like the the um, the revival? Yes. Um, it's very different. I heard that it was I, like crazy. It's crazy. It's like basically if you just give David Lynch an unlimited budget and just like let him do whatever the fuck he wants. And just it's it's very glossy and like high tech and very high budget, but it's good. It's not it doesn't have the same campy um, grittiness as as the um, the original, but it's it's good in its own way. I, I like both. And I do think that it does tie up some loose ends um, where season two of the original kind of got a little mm. Uh, wacky and um, directionless so I, I did like it but it's very different mm-hmm. um, stylistically but it's really well done um, so yes yeah like, w- watching the original I'm, I'm kind of like oh this is basically like a like avant-garde soap opera <laughs> it, it's, exactly because like, like just in the pilot they establish like all these different people that are like sleeping with each other who are sleeping yeah. with other people and I like I'd kind of forgotten, like, because all of those things are just kind of not, they're not necessarily the most important parts of the story, but they kind of, like, keep yeah. the drama going. And so I'd forgotten between my original, the, fir- the first time I watched it and my rewatch, like, how much of, like, the kind of, yeah, like, just the campiness and, like, soapiness of it that's kind of, like, fun and silly. Yeah. Um, yeah, and I think the revival, well, I won't ruin it, but I feel like it lacks that element, but it makes up for it in different ways. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, I rewatched the, the original on an HD TV, and before, I just watched it on Netflix on my ex-boyfriend's, like, computer from, like, the 90s, basically, and it was a completely different experience. <laughs> it was just, like, too lifelike that it just was, like, like too silly, to watch it in that high of quality. I know this isn't a Twin Peaks podcast. No, this is, so, this is so fun. <laughs> no, this is gone <laughs> in a different direction, but I'm really excited for you. I'm excited to um, hear what you think of the new one when you get around to it. Mm-hmm. It's pretty did cool. the did the net when you watched it? Did they have the Log Lady intros or did they leave it off? I think they left it off. I've, that's what I heard. Yeah, because yeah. I because I because Harper's dad got us a box set. I guess more for me since you're not that interested in Twin Peaks. Um, But yeah, so I've been watching it on a box set, which is like nice because I don't have to like, it's just nice knowing that I have it there. You know what I mean? Like I don't have to. And the the box, so the box set includes um, the original run and the new, uh, the the revival. The only thing it doesn't have is the Firewalk, the movie Firewalk with me. So I'll just find that later. But like, it is, and they, and they, it's interesting because they have like an option, like at the start of every episode, you can choose to do it with or without the log lady intros. It's kind of funny. I always choose to do it with because it's just, I don't know. They're like, they're silly, but they, I feel like they are interesting usually. Yeah. Yeah. Love that show. Um, well, Mia, where can the people find you? Uh, what have you been enjoying outside of Ethan Hawke? 
Uh, and do you have anything else to plug? Um, well, first you can find me at stylecaster.com. You can find me on Instagram at Mia McGuire. It's just my name. Um, what have I been enjoying? Um, I've been watching the convention all week and it's been a little conflicting because the Lakers playoffs also. (laughs) (laughs) So I was kind of doing a little like back and forth. Ultimately the convention won my attention, but um, yeah, Alex Caruso, he's a Laker. I think it's going to be his year. This is a really random last final mention, but I've, I've really been enjoying his plays lately. Nice. That's fun. I don't know yeah. anything about basketball, but I support you and your interests. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> he's like the dorky one. He's like bald and like, you know, 20. And he's not like the best slick player of all time, but he, he works hard. And I think his hard work is going to pay off and they're going to they're gonna start um, putting him in at the end, which is, you know, when it's crucial. Anyway. Mm-hmm. Nice. Cool. Well, thank you so much for joining us to talk about Ethan Hawke and Maudie and Twin Peaks. And basketball. And basketball. <laughs> um, yeah, everyone, make sure you go check out Mia's writing and her, her cool Instagram. Uh, and I guess that's all. Okay. Bye, everyone. Bye. Bye. Bye.